Kalen's Coffee Talk is a CastBox original produced alongside with Studio 71. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all of your favorite podcasts. Now, obviously, you can listen to my coffee talks wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope that you'll give CastBox a try because I think it's the bee's knees. So with that, pour yourself a cup and let's get to it. If you wait until you're ready, you will be waiting for the rest of your life. This quote was written in by Chanel.Anna on Instagram. So thank you, Chanel. Hey guys, what's up? And welcome back to another podcast episode for today on this coffee talk in particular. We're going to be talking about leaving what's comfortable or also known as walking away from things that no longer serve us. I know that that is kind of a topic we've breached before, but it recently came up in conversation actually just last night with Larissa, my roommate. So I figured just with in general, it being kind of like an overall theme moving into spring, I feel like with spring cleaning, you know, we've kind of talked about this too, but we're getting rid of things that no longer serve us and we're making room for fresh and new things. And so in doing that, I figured we should really just dive into this topic and leave what's comfortable behind to open ourselves up to new and exciting things that might be waiting for us on the other end. So that is why I wanted to talk about this today. And we're going to dive right in. I have some of your guys's questions questions to talk about. I have just a lot of metaphors. It's going to be a good coffee talk. To start off, I am drinking a coffee today. I actually just made myself a French press and I put a little bit of hazelnut silk almond milk creamer in it and it's so freaking good. So I just wanted to let you guys in that it's been a little while since I've done a coffee talk and was actually drinking some coffee. So I'm actually enjoying a warm beverage with you today and hopefully you are as well. But without further ado, let's just jump right in. Why don't we? So first things first, why do we get comfortable to begin with? In life, whether it's love interests, bad habits, jobs, friendships, places, ideas, I think that we get comfortable in things that make us feel safe, even when they're no longer really doing any good for us. I think that life is also just like a series of ebbs and flows, and our ebbs are more like the challenges that come with our life, and the flows being like almost like the blossoming that comes after said challenges, you know? Sometimes we think we're flowing, but realistically, we've kind of become stagnant in something that has taken almost like the place of an anchor that ties us to a feeling of safety. By that, I mean... Even though I think that life does come in ebbs and flows and that the ebbs are almost like the challenges and the flows are what come after the challenge when you feel super in sync and in tune with your life, there's also this little gray area that I think we can sometimes sit in where we just become stagnant. Like we aren't really ebbing or flowing. We're just kind of stuck and staying with what's comfortable and what's around us and what's making us feel super safe. Why do we seek that safety? I think in a world full of so much uncertainty, layered by self-limiting beliefs, self-doubt, and all of the above, we begin to cling to what we already know comes like second nature. You know, like if you think about it, all of the bad habits that you hold on to, all of the bad relationships or friendships or people that you hold on to, they've almost become second nature to you. And that's why I think we hold on to them. We hold on to them because they're all we've really known. Like, let me give you an example. Maybe there's someone in your life that you keep going back to that's like a love interest. Maybe this person doesn't treat you very great, but they've also been in your life for a very long time. 
you know them inside out and you believe that they would say the same about you. This person has almost become like a quick fix for you or like a centered focus anytime you're feeling unloved or unsafe. I think we've all had one of those people in our lives. I can think back even to high school where there was just like boys that I just like could not let go of for years and years at a time because they became like a quick fix to me. They became like anytime I felt any type of not feeling good enough or insecure or anything of the sort, if there was something going on in my family life or something going on in my home life, like I just clung so desperately onto these, I guess, illusionary relationships because to me, I was like, well, this makes me feel safe and this makes me feel love and this is all I'm ever going to need. And this is all that I have right now. And then creating these crazy narratives that basically kept me going back to the same unhealthy person. The thing is, is a lot of the times, if this is the case, when it's a relationship that isn't good for us, this person usually gives us the bare ass minimum when it comes to relationships. Maybe they only see you late at night. Maybe they don't tell their friends about you. Maybe you kind of get the sneaking suspicion that your connection is something that they keep hidden or you're not feeling like you're someone that they want to show off or are happy to be with you. Like how many times have you tripped and fallen back into this person's lap for lack of a better word? How many times do you realize that you deserve more and then you get up to walk away, but you find yourself basically clinging back desperately the minute that something becomes too real or leaving becomes too scary? Hell, maybe this isn't even a person. Maybe it's a bad habit that you have or a job that you don't love anymore or a place that you're calling home, but you haven't felt connected to in a long time. You could realistically replace what we're talking about here with so many different things, whatever comforts that you have in your life that have become almost like dead weight to you is exactly what we're talking about in today's episode. Whatever it is, we get stuck in the same old habits and the same old routines, following round and round on the same old merry-go-round, afraid to get off because what if we get off and we can't find any other rides, you know? But at the same time, we grow tired of feeling dizzy and we grow tired of our same old song and dance. And when you get that feeling, that is how you know that it's time to step off. Which leads me to my next question. How do you know when it's time to step off? How do you know when it's time to let go? Well, I feel like my answer to that is, I think we always know. In our heart of hearts or your intuition, your gut feeling, your quiet mind at night, you already know. Odds are, so far into the six, seven minutes we've been talking to this podcast, you've been thinking about something already maybe questioning if it even really relates to this podcast, but yet wondering why it's popping in your head to begin with. Well, I think that there's a reason. Instead of how do you know, let me tell you why you already know. I like to believe that there's a deeper sense inside of us. Now, I think that we all have different names for that deeper sense, that energy, that knowing, that intelligence, whatever you want to call it. Some people call it God. Some people call it intuition. Some people call it fate. Whatever you want to call it, whatever floats your boat. But I think that no matter what, we all have a connection to something that is deep inside of us that just knows. And it knows us better than anyone else does. And I think that we go through phases in our life where we trust this intuition or we trust this knowing. And we go through phases of our life where we don't trust it because a lot of the times we mistake our ego for this deeper sense of self. But this deeper sense of self already knows that you deserve better. Your inner self is begging to like bloom and blossom, but your earthly self is afraid of the bumps and bruises that might come if you were to fall or if you were to fail. And if you were to fall without the comfort of your safety net, well, what's going to happen then? 
if you walk away from this thing that's just comfortable but is no longer really serving you, but then something horrible happens or you grow uncomfortable or something scary happens, instantly your gut reaction is going to be to fall back on what you already know. And if it's not there anymore, holy crap, we're like terrified of that even happening because the thought of that is more daunting sometimes than the thought of even going for it to begin with. But seriously, ask yourself, what is the absolute worst thing that could happen? Maybe, you know, you'll have to figure it out for yourself. Or maybe you'll find a newer, healthier way to cope with when you fail. Or maybe you'll fall on your face and learn some serious, valuable lessons. Or, I mean, maybe you won't fail at all. Maybe you end up finding a love that actually deserves you or the job that you've been dreaming of, or you land in the city of your dreams or find yourself suddenly becoming the person who cooks dinner at night or goes to bed early or whatever version of yourself that you've always known yourself to be, but you've never given yourself the chance to like grow and be, you know, just grow into and actually chase that version of you that is actually going to serve you rather than the version of you that's just grown extremely comfortable. Whatever it is that you feel like you're holding on to that has grown to just basically be a dead weight or a comfort in your life that, yeah, okay, it is comfortable, but how comfortable is it really? Because if you're thinking about letting it go or if it's holding you back in any way or if it's no longer serving you, is it really even a comfort? Think of it like a plant. If you have a plant in your room and if you were to look at that plant and there was like one dead leaf hanging off the plant, wouldn't you cut off the dead leaf so that it doesn't rot and then continue to rot the rest of the plant? Or would you leave it on there and let it continue to basically soak up and take away from all of the energy and the nutrients that the plant is trying to get and basically end up choking it to death so that the plant ends up dying? I know that that was a little morbid. Actually, I realized as I was saying that that is extremely morbid, but it's a pretty good metaphor in the sense of like, if there's a dead leaf on the plant, you got to cut it off because if you don't cut it off, then the whole plant dies. But if you do cut it off, as much as the plant you know, might be a little shocked at first. I don't know. I've never really asked a plant how it feels when it gets a leaf cut off, but it might not know what to do at first. It might have an open wound at first, but it will heal and it will continue to grow. So we got to cut off the dead leaves in order for us to be able to continue to grow, you know? See, metaphor number, I think that might be number one, but there may have been more already. And there are more to come, which I'm going to get into right after I leave you guys with a message. Really quick, from the Coffee Talk sponsors that brought you guys today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I So leaving what's comfortable. Another thing that I have been trying to work on lately is basically leaving my habitual ways of doing things because they've grown so comfortable and trying out some new things. And with that has come a lot of trial and error, I will admit. There has been some things that I thought were going to do great that didn't do great at all. And there are things that I didn't even realize I needed to do. But now that I'm doing them, it's freaking awesome. For starters, this Coffee Talk podcast. We've officially been doing these for a year, guys. So first of all, kudos to us for hanging out once a week for the last year over a warm beverage. I just want to tell you first and really quickly how grateful I am that you're here and that you're still listening and that we're having the ability to continue to chat every single week. But also another thing that I've been doing that's been a new thing on my Coffee Talk podcast is actually reaching out to you guys and getting more of you guys to write me in specific questions or write me in your thoughts or anything you want just to get stuff off your chest. And it's really cool because then I feel like it's almost like our podcast rather than just my podcast. And a lot of the times the questions and thoughts that you guys write in are questions and thoughts that we all have. So starting with the first one, I have a question that was written in by Higher Fantasy wanting to know, how do I get the courage to move out of state alone? So there's a reason why I want to answer this one. And it's because of the metaphor that Larissa and I were actually talking about just last night when we were just basically diving into this whole subject of leaving what's comfortable. And I took out this like old, crusty, gross tofu pack that used to have tofu in it, but was obviously now empty. And I was trying to use it as a metaphor for the crappy situation that was going on and how it was an island. So just bear with me here, okay? There's this island and it's not the nicest island. It's, you know, it gets by, it's got some sand, it's got enough room for you to sleep without getting wet. It's got a little bit of shade, maybe, kind of, if you stand in the right spot at the right time. It can give you, you know, a couple berries to live off of, but not the berries that you really like, but hell, it's keeping you alive. So here you are and you're on this island stuck out at sea. But the thing is, you have this deeper sense of knowing. Maybe it comes from when it's nighttime, you can see lights far off in the distance, or maybe it just comes from a message that's telling you that there's other lands out there, or maybe it's just coming from straight curiosity. I don't know, but either way, you know that there's other lands out there. But the thing is, is that to get to the other lands, you almost have to jump into the water and start swimming. And that in itself, and I know especially for me who I am terrified, like actually terrified of big bodies of water, and I'm not the strongest swimmer. So the thought of jumping in and swimming would definitely scare the living crap out of me. That said, though, if I don't jump in and if I don't swim, then all I know is that I'll be stuck here on this island. So here is what I do know. I've got a couple berries that kind of taste okay. Got a little bit of shade, got some land to stand on, and I got an ocean around me. Okay. I'm not unhappy, but I'm definitely not as happy as I could be. And I'm definitely curious as to what else might be out there. And you know what? To be honest, the berries are growing a little sour and I don't even think I want to stay in this island anymore. But to get to the next island, there's this stretch in between that I know I'm going to have to swim. There's this deep, deep ocean that I know I'm going to have to face. And I don't know exactly how the water is going to be once I get out there. It could be rough or it could be smooth sailing, but I'm not going to know until I start swimming. So how do you get the courage to move out of state by yourself? You've got to jump in the water and literally just start swimming. 
You aren't going to know until you get there how it's going to be. Instead, you'll end up spending your whole life standing on the edge of your island, staring out at sea, wondering what else might be out there. That, to me anyways, is the worst that could happen. But if you were to jump in the water and if you were to swim, what could be the worst thing that would happen then? I mean, worst case scenario, there's this one quote that I've always thought of, and it's really always, I I mean, realistically helped with my social anxiety in a way, but it actually fits in here. But the you can always go home or you can always go back. So even if, and maybe you've done this before, you jump in the water and it grows incredibly uncomfortable or the timing feels wrong or whatever, you can always turn around and you can always swim back. Just like if you're going out for a night and you're not really feeling it or you're feeling a little anxious or you're worried that you might feel anxious once you get there, you can always go home. Just a really fun or easy, I guess, maybe not fun, but an easy little trick to maybe put in your back pocket in case you need it at another time. But odds are once you get in the water, you won't need to go back. It's more so like jumping in that I think scares us all the most. It's the committing to getting in the water and letting go the land that we're standing on because this is the land that we know. We know it like the back of our hands, but when we arrive somewhere new, we're going to have to learn all over again. And that can be a scary, daunting thing in this life, but we don't grow and we don't blossom if we don't learn. So if you want to move out of state by yourself, you just almost have to do it. There's not going to be a time that's going to feel more right than another, and there's not going to be a chance that's going to come up out of nowhere that you're just going to feel more confident about it. I mean, maybe there will be, but odds are, if this is how you're feeling now, you already know you want to move out of state. The only thing that's stopping you is fear. It's the fear of the swimming. It's the fear of how you're going to get there, when you're going to get there. What if you get there and you don't like it anymore? Just ask yourself, what is the absolute worst thing that could happen if you give yourself a chance and you just go? Then jump in the water and start swimming. So at A-F-R-E-E-N-5 or Afreen5, I hope I said your handle right. Uh, She wants to know, I'm stuck. I need to move out of a rut, but the rut feels so comfortable. Any tips? Well, it's just kind of like what we were just saying about the island. We end up learning these islands like the back of our hands. The things that become comfortable to us become comfortable because we know them. And almost in a way that I was even explaining to Larissa that there's bedrooms I can think of. And I have had multiple bedrooms in my life because I've lived many different homes, I guess, not many different cities. I've only ever lived in Kingston, Ontario and Toronto, Ontario, but I've lived in basically a few different homes or apartments within the time that I've been on this earth. And within those homes and apartments, there's certain bedrooms that I feel nostalgic to. And I feel nostalgic to them in a weird way that it's like, those were bedrooms that I remember being in when I was in a really weird place in my life, like whether I was dealing with heavy anxiety or more so um, heavy bouts of depression. And it's weird to me that I can get nostalgic for these bedrooms, knowing that those walls used to be walls that I would stare at and just beg or like count down the days until I would not have to be there anymore. Like I would just feel so deep into this weird ickiness. But yet at the same time, now that years have passed and I look back on those bedrooms, it's hard for me to remember how deep I felt in that like icky place. And instead I feel this weird nostalgia because that was a place that I was very much maybe sad, but also very connected to myself and also very connected within. And so It's almost like these places that weren't serving me, they became comfortable. Those ruts became comfortable. And in a way, I started to almost romanticize these places inside my mind because they were comfortable. If you find that 
you're having some issues moving out of a rut because it's become so comfortable, ask yourself if you believe in your ability to actually do what you're trying to do. Because I know for me, when I think back on those places that were so comfortable because I was in a weird place, like it wasn't like I was in a happy place or a healthy place, but yet I almost enjoyed it. It was because I had zero faith in my ability to be a happy person. I had zero faith in my ability to ever feel any kind of different way. So I thought to myself, or I had spun up, I guess, this narrative with myself in those times that this is as good as it gets. I'm always going to feel this low. I'm always going to feel this weird. And so I almost glamorized my sadness. And in doing so, I was not only holding myself back, but I was also basically keeping myself stuck feeling the way that I felt, yet begging the universe or whatever was out there to make me feel different. And that is almost the equivalent of trying to get out of a rut, but you keep staying there because it is so comfortable. I think that that basically boils down to our self-esteem and how we feel about ourselves. So if you feel stuck because your rut is comfortable, Ask yourself, what is so comfortable about it? What are you getting out of it? Is it that maybe, you know, feeling that way is all you've ever known? Or is it that this rut leaves it so that you don't have to actually believe in yourself or try harder or go for something that might be uncomfortable? It's crazy when you think about it because I don't think we do these things on purpose. And I'm not saying this is a way to be like, yes, you know, you're a bad person because you're staying in your rut because you want to spin up this sad story for yourself. I don't think that at all. And I don't think that at all about the older version of me that used to do that as well. I just think that it's super easy for us to lose our sense of self-awareness. And when we do lose our sense of self-awareness, it becomes really easy to be overrun by our ego. Now, I'm not talking about the ego that pumps our chest and like walks with our hips swaying and our nose in the air. I'm talking about the ego, which is like the tiny voice inside our head that likes to berate us. The tiny voice inside our head that says we're not good enough, that says that we don't deserve happiness, that says that we're never going to make it or that the dream lives that everybody else is living aren't made for us. That is ego because your ego wants to keep you safe and it wants to keep you comfortable. And in a weird way, that's why we can't even hate on our ego. It's literally doing its job. It's trying to keep us safe and comfortable, but our ego will literally put such a veil over our eyes as to who we actually are. And it keeps us so disconnected from not only the outside world, but who we are inside. And so if you really get quiet and ask yourself how you're feeling about yourself lately, I'm going to take a wild guess that that might be why you feel so stuck moving out of this rut that's become so comfortable. So I have three more questions from you guys along with six different thoughts from you guys too that are all in correlation to leaving what feels comfortable, but I'm going to take another little mini break, let you guys maybe warm up a second beverage while I do the same myself and leave you with the message from the Coffee Talk sponsors that brought you guys today's episode. Okay, so bringing it back in, The glitzy planner wants to know, how to differentiate between leaving what no longer serves you versus giving up too soon? So I think that this is a really good question because obviously when we walk away from anything, there is a little piece of our mind that's like, is this just me giving up or is this me shutting it down and walking away because there is no better chance of getting this thing back? This is again, one of the topics of discussion that Larissa and I were kind of going through last night, but I think it boils back to the the inner sense of knowing. Giving up too soon means that 
you're walking away because you're just tired of trying. Giving up too soon means that you don't want to put in the time or the effort anymore and it's just not worth your energy anymore. That said, giving up too soon is coming from a place of maybe already you knew before you even signed up that it wasn't going to be meant for you. And that's why if you feel like you're giving up too soon, you have to ask yourself, what makes you feel that way? Does this thing serve you in any way? Does this thing bring you any sense of joy? Does this thing create any kind of blooming or blossoming or growth within you? Because if so, then deeply, deeply sit with this question. You can't just figure it out in a split second whether or not you know, something is so black and white. A lot of the areas of our life are very gray and we can't also ask someone else to figure it out for us because only we will ever know. If you feel like you're giving up on something too soon, ask yourself, what is it that you're giving up on and why do you feel the need to walk away from it right now? When you get those answers, they're going to give you the sense of enlightenment that you need on whatever situation is at hand. So I have good news and I have bad news. I think I'll start with the bad news. The bad news is there is no way to ever fully know until you just do it and you get there and then you look back on your life and suddenly it all makes sense. That said, the good news is, is that there is a way to know right now exactly how you feel. You can't predict the future. You can't even predict where you're going to be in a month, let alone in a year. So I can't say whether or not how exactly to differentiate between leaving what no longer serves you versus giving up too soon. But I can tell you that if something's popping in your head right now that you feel like fits the criteria of no longer serves you, then that right there is your answer. There is no such thing as giving up too soon on something that is holding you back, weighing you down, or hurting you in any kind of way. That said, I know that there are circumstances that maybe you're talking about a person and you're afraid that walking away is giving up too soon because they are dealing with something. Maybe it's mental health. Maybe they just aren't acting like themselves lately. And you know what? That is completely and totally up to your discretion. But I know for me, it's kind of like a fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And I know that I am a big believer of second chances, and I don't think that the world is so black and white. I think that there are these gray areas that even when something might not be serving us right in that moment, it might just be because this person needs us maybe more than we need them. And those will always come and go in life. I don't think that we should give up on necessarily relationships in particular, or friendships or family members so quickly if it's just a matter of for this short period of time that they're going through something and that maybe it isn't so much about us and we need to turn around and be there for them. But I also am a strong believer that we cannot set ourselves on fire to keep other people warm. So you have to ask yourself like how much of your time and energy you're willing to give to this and how much you're getting in return. And if the return on investments is low, but if it's only for a short amount of time, then Maybe that means you're giving up too soon. But if your return on investments is low and it's been happening consistently and in a, I guess, like habitual way or in a pattern for a long extended period of time, then this thing is no longer serving you. It's sucking you dry and it's time to walk away. Again, use your discretion, but that to me is how I can usually differentiate between giving up versus walking away. This goes for bad habits too. There might be habits that you started thinking, this is meant for me. For instance, like getting up early. 
Maybe you thought getting up early was going to be meant for you, but every morning you get up, you feel like crap, you feel sick, you don't really like it, you are more of a night owl, and you're wondering, okay, I've only been doing this for four days. Is this giving up too soon, or should I just realize that this isn't serving me and walk away from it? For those instances, that's how I know, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. So I'll usually give myself a time. I'll be like, okay, I have until this to see if this is going to work for me. And if it's still not working for me at that point, then it's time for me to walk away. And I will do it in the way that there is no room for ifs, ands, or buts. You need to give yourself a timeline. You need to give yourself some space. And you need to give yourself just some air to breathe and see how this thing is going to fit into your life. See what the results are coming from it. And then ask yourself once and for all when your time date comes, is it time to walk away or are you giving up too soon? Because If you sit with that question after all of that, you're going to know which way or the other. So Rebecca Gatson wants to know, what if people guilt you for it? This is an interesting question because I feel like if anyone's going to guilt you for a situation where you're walking away from something that isn't serving you, then you need to ask yourself, who are these people in your life? Because I know that given situations, even if the people closest to me don't agree with my choices, if they can at least stand by the fact that I'm doing it for a sense of you know, deeper fulfillment, then that's all I ask for them. I don't need their approval. I just need basically their support. And there's this quote that's like, do you want to hear my advice or do you want to hear my support? And a lot of the times when we're dealing with people in our lives, we should definitely become clear on that because if you're asking for people's support, then you're saying, listen, I don't need your opinion. I don't need your guilt. I don't need anything like that. I just need you to support me right now. And hopefully those people will step up to the plate and be there for you. And if not, then maybe those are also new relationships that you really need to put under the microscope and ask yourself, is it serving you? But if you're asking for their advice and they're guilting you for it, then get really, really certain on whether or not the advice or guilt that they're giving you is coming for you or is it coming from them? Like, is there something going on in their personal life that might be skewing their perception, that might be giving you advice that might be trying to hold you back because they're afraid to go for it? And again, keep in mind that this is not something that makes somebody a bad person. This is something we all do. We all get scared when we see other people going for it because that means it's kind of asking us to step up to the plate and go for it. So whether you're walking away from something or you're going for something and someone's guilting you for it, a lot of the times it has more to say about them than it does to say about you or your situation. And you can ask yourself, okay, I need to sit with what they're telling me. I need to ask how much of this resonates with me and how much of it is true and how much of it isn't. And then I need to ask this person to support me. And if they aren't able to, then this is another area that I need to look at in terms of what's comfortable versus what's holding me back. The next question comes from M3L1SSV. (laughs) I won't even attempt to say that. I think it's like Melissa maybe, but with like cool little you know, tweaks to it so that she could get creative. Um, Really cool username, by the way. But anyways, Melissa wants to know, I hope that's actually what your name is and that I got that right. How to deal with loneliness after cutting out toxic friendships. So interesting enough, again, another topic of discussion from last night. But I remember when I first moved to Toronto, it wasn't even necessarily that I cut out a lot of toxic friendships, but I definitely left some friendships behind in my hometown. And even once I moved to Toronto, there were people that I kind of met and then people that I didn't mesh or gel with that well. And, you know, it can be weird kind of coming to terms with learning who is meant to be in your life versus learning who was almost like a little chapter or maybe even just a page. And when you cut out people that are toxic, you definitely are going to go through like a lone wolf phase. But let me tell you the way I look at it. 
it's weird because looking back on those phases now, I feel a great sense of satisfaction knowing that I was able to hold my own hand during those times. It wasn't easy and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There were times that I did feel super lonely. There were times that scrolling through social media and seeing all of these people with all of their friends or with their boyfriends or with their families that were super tight and close, it really kind of hurt. Like not in the sense that it was their fault in any way, but hurt in the sense that it made just this loneliness feel so echoing inside of me. But at the same time, that loneliness brought upon so many blessings in my life. For instance, I don't think I ever would have got Bentley if I didn't feel so lonely. And Bentley is and still and forever will be one of the number one blessings in my life. I also don't think it would have forced me to become more comfortable in my own presence. And a lot of the deep, deep conversations that we've had via coffee talks and a lot of the deep topics that we've discovered have come from those times or those periods of loneliness in my life. And even this year, okay, I won't dive too deeply into this because we've been chatting for a while, but at the beginning or I guess at the end of winter, end of 2018, but beginning of this year, I went and did my psychic reading at the rock store. And one of the things that she said to me that is so weird because and now I'm moving into April, so the fourth month of the year, so the first quarter of the year is done, which holy crap, that went fast. But something she said actually is so true. In fact, a lot of the things she said is so true, but one thing in particular has really stuck with me. And she said, you know, last year was a big year for solo, like just discovery, but this year is going to be a big year that a lot of people are going to rely on you. And a lot of people are going to be around you and you're going to be basically stretched and it's going to be a good thing, but it also might make you feel a little like over drawn or overexerted, I guess. Last year, I, at the beginning of the year, didn't have the best friend that I have now. I didn't know Arthur. I didn't have a lot of the people in my life that are like super valuable people to me. And even still, like last year, I feel like even my family situation was a bit more tense than it is now. And I remember going through this big period of loneliness and I had you guys and I had my videos and that definitely helped. But this big giant feeling of loneliness that I went through was honestly just so prominent. But at the same time, it was so just, I can't even describe to you guys like how much of my growth as a human being and as a person and as a soul on this earth came from that loneliness. And that loneliness wouldn't have come if I didn't end the things that were no longer serving me. I'm not saying that necessarily my relationship from last year was one that was toxic, but it was definitely one that we were no longer serving each other. So that ended and there were friendships that ended and there were just situations and scenarios that were all coming to an end at the same time. And I remember being so terrified of the loneliness that I was staring down the black hole to. But now that I'm on the other side, I know that it didn't last forever, even though it felt like it was going to. And if anything, it helped me grow more as a person. So if you're afraid of the loneliness that's going to come after cutting out toxic people from your life, just know that it is going to feel a little lonely, but that's also going to be totally okay. And the things that you're going to discover about yourself and the growth and the strength you're going to find in that loneliness is going to far outweigh the benefits of keeping toxic people in your life. So just go for it and know that you're not completely alone. We're all kind of going through something somewhere, somewhat or another. And even if you feel most, most, most alone, just think back to the time that I just explained to you that I felt that way and know that you're not alone in that feeling, if anything. All right. So to wind down today's Coffee Talk podcast episode, I figured I would share with you guys some of the thoughts you guys sent in as well. Just some words of inspiration from people that are other than me. First is coming from at Mia 
Dusek, M-I-A-D-U-S-E-K, says, thank it for what it gave you and let it go. I love that, especially because I do think that no matter what you're trying to walk away from, no matter if you have like any animosity or bad feelings towards it, it still taught you something. So you should thank that for it and let it go. At Hannah Ruther says, as difficult as it can be, it's so much better in the long run and you'll thank your past self. So true. That's kind of like what we just said, like looking back on all of the things I let go of in 2018 and now seeing how much it made room for all of the things that came to me in 2019, like, holy crap, like, thank you past me for doing that. And I'm sure that there's so many scenarios that you guys can think of where you could think back to your past self and be like, wow, thank you. That was difficult, but holy crap, was it ever worth it? At Clarissa Race wants to say, picture the person that you want to be in five years. And if you don't see that thing, then there's your answer. And I feel like that's a perfect response to the question earlier that was, how do you know if you're giving up too soon versus how do you know if it's time to walk away? Picture your best self in five years. And if that thing is not part of your best self, then there's your answer. At Jade... Oriana wants to say, just because you're angry does not mean that you have to be unhappy. And I think that that is also super important because a lot of the times when we're walking away from things that are comfortable, we almost have a sense of anger, especially if it's relationships that we're walking away from. But just because you're angry doesn't mean that you're unhappy. You can still be happy and hold space to feel the way that you feel at the same time. Bellissima Studies wants to say, I always keep in mind that nothing is permanent and that change can make us learn. Definitely true. Um, at Amira Ben M wants to say, I would say, give yourself the time to process it and don't force it. I think that that is also so, so important that we kind of get these like crazy ideas that life is like a movie, you know, and when you walk away from something, you're just going to have this like crazy montage and time just skips forward and all of a sudden you're happy and you're fine. But it is going to be a process and you need to give yourself the time to go through it and not force it. And last but not least, little lady Cassie says, think of how when one door closes, another bigger, better door opens. And I love that because the thing is, is you're not going to find, you know, the next door until you shut this one and you won't find the next island until you swim away from the one that you're on. And I know that it's scary, but you're not doing it alone. We're all jumping from one door to another. We're all swimming from one island to the next. And in case you just needed to hear someone else say it, you deserve a life that isn't just comfortable, but a life that wants to see you thrive. So go out there and freaking get it. So there you guys have it. That is today's Coffee Talk podcast episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Feel free to leave me any kind of tweets, Instagrams, or comments about what you're leaving behind that's comfortable or anything of the sort. Even if you guys just want to write in any kind of thoughts that may be triggered from today's podcast episode. I love just hearing how much we all kind of end up I guess coexisting amongst the same kind of patterns and thoughts that we end up talking about. Every time I always release a podcast episode, so many of you guys are like, how did you know? And I'm like, I feel like it's because in a weird way, we're all going through the same things at similar times. So feel free to write in to me and also make sure that you guys are following on Twitter and Instagram if you guys want to write in your questions or your thoughts for the next episode. And aside from that, I hope you guys are all having an amazing day and that this gave you the inspiration to walk away from whatever it is that you feel is holding you back or has become too comfortable in your life. And I will talk to all of you guys in next week's episode. Bye guys.